The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the digital and analog clocks of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and still to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who ensures we get everything done on time. Josh, how are you doing on this Father's Day? Happy Father's Day, sir. Oh, thank you. Um... I'm doing okay. I, actually, I'm doing good. I should I shouldn't say okay because I feel like okay is an indicator that things aren't great. <laughs> I'm doing great. It was it was a great day, um, for the most part. It was a long day, but uh, um, you kind of have to take you take the good with the bad, and then you have well, there you have the facts of life. The facts, the facts of, of life. life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was a good day. Um, I get to spend the day with my dad and my son, uh, and also my wife and my mother. So, uh, but um, yeah, three generations of Borbonis spending the day together and cooking on a grill and swimming in the pool and and just generally having a good time. So uh, it was great. Despite that the is very cool. Very hot weather. <laughs> yeah, it's very very muggy here as well. Like ridiculously muggy. So I was thinking about it because I was talking to my partner about it, and her parents are going to come visit us, I think sometime in early July, 4th of July weekend is what their plan was. But they're going to visit um, her sister first, and her sister hasn't seen her parents since November. Oh my. <laughs> and Which is a very unusual for them because things just happened, and then people got sick around the holidays, so then holiday travel didn't happen, and then obviously you know, COVID when it was like, okay, we'll reschedule things for February, March, whatever. Then obviously all of that just went to pot. So, you know, that didn't work out, but I was trying to think, I, I haven't seen my parents since February, I want to say. Oh my. So I got, I got to imagine you probably, I, know, I mean, I know your living situation is yeah. different than mine <laughs> as far as locale, the parents, but I, I mean, it's, you haven't been seeing your parents quite as much until recently, right? Has that been a weird thing to balance? Uh, it is a weird thing to bounce, yes. Uh, especially when like we were relying on them on child for childcare. So um it's 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 funny because, you know, even though I don't see my parents like I see my parents more than most people, we still have like these political conversations and of course like <laughs> you know who comes up. That's what I call him now. Not not Lord Voldemort, but uh, Lord Trump. Um, and uh, COVID comes up and things like that. And, you know, it gets hairy. But I, I'm trying to convey my, my confusion at a friend who I've had for so long, who I, th- I find to be um, a very intelligent woman. And I usually like would base my like things off of what she does. And this is no attack on anyone who's doing what she was doing, but I was talking to them about her posting pictures of being at a lake with oh, her family right. and two daughters, um, no masks, 
and hundreds of people around them on a tiny lake in Massachusetts. And, you know, we, we get a weird comment like from, from my dad or something like, like people have to live their lives and stuff. And I, and I point to my house next door and I said, my two best friends live next door to us. I can throw a rock through their window from here. And I haven't seen them physically for four months. Right. When I judge Bob Persons, like, so I'm like, even just, not even just my parents, but even people who I would socially hang out with or even play board games with, I haven't seen in four months. So it is an interesting situation we're all in, in the world. (laughs) It's true. Well, I mean, and the good thing is, is that, you know, all the numbers are going down, right? We no. COVID is taken care of. Like we don't have to worry about it anymore, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, That's yeah. what we're told. So. <laughs> You're right. Um, Actually, there was yeah. a, there was a um a report that came out that said my my city, Worcester, Massachusetts, and Boston are in are are two of the top um cities in the in the whole United States that have been crushing COVID numbers. So actually, it made me feel really good. Nice work. Um, nice for work now. to your towns. For now, <laughs> listen. Yeah. All those people in Florida, they got to fly home at some point, and I don't know where they're coming from or going to, so our numbers could spike in a week. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see how all this uh, continues to develop over the coming weeks, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> so, well, I, I think it's funny, too, because movie theaters are starting to open in some places again, Yeah, but there's really no movies that's what we th- we had a conversation about that today because my dad my <laughs> so, dad was like, "Would you go back to the movies if they didn't require a mask?" I said, "No." And in fact, I wouldn't go back to the movies uh, with a mask or without a mask right now. I wouldn't feel comfortable. And he said he would feel comfortable as long as they were socially distancing. And I said, "Well, I'm not a scientist, but most theaters are stadium seating now. So if there's a guy sitting six feet behind you, two rows above you, and he coughs, are you still going to get sick?" Because I don't know the answers to that. Right. And he didn't right. either. <laughs> yeah. So, and then he was like, well, what movies are coming out? And I was like, well, I know Christopher Nolan wouldn't let them change the date of Tenet. Uh, well, they pushed it back like two weeks, didn't well, they? Well, yeah, but they wouldn't take, let him take it out of July. He said that it had to come out in July. And my dad right. hadn't even heard of Tenet. And I'm like, you're a huge Christopher Nolan fan. How do you not know? He's like, is it a superhero movie? Because I told him Batman was in it. <laughs> 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 and I meant Robert Pattinson, not right, actually right, Batman. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. So um, there's a few movies, but not not for a while. Um, right, uh, middle of July. Well, I just figured, you know, they'll just show Tenant in Fortnite and call it good. <laughs> Could you imagine Christopher Nolan if they they just decided that hey, we're just gonna show your movie in a video game? That's cool, right? Because I know they did with the trailer. That movie you filmed I, in IMAX. We're gonna just put right, that in, just in Fortnite. Put it in video game. <laughs> so I, I was really surprised that his trailer was the trailer that went into Fortnite because he just it, it just seems so anti what he tends to talk about and be about. It's not Christopher Nolan. You're absolutely right. It's very odd. I think it's the only movie they could promote. So they must have threw right. a lot of money at That's him. True. That's true. <laughs> what movie? They can't show even a trailer for Scoob because Scoob already came out. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, we're going to kind of roll into things here. So thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all of the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. 
We're a proud part of play some video games and PSVG is on Patreon. We're absolutely thrilled with the support you've given us there, us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Hour Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that is right for you. Uh, quick side note, on social media this weekend, especially, and potentially it's written up somewhere, I actually couldn't find a story about it that was very comprehensive, but there was some uh, some situations came to light over the treatment of women, again, in the world of video games, oh, both boy. in uh, at some websites and in game development and in esports. So just something to go ahead and take some time to read through this weekend if you want to take a look at that. Uh, like I said, it's, there's not like a specific article or anything that pulls all of that together. Um, but if you just kind of poke around on social media, you can definitely find some interesting situations that have happened. And obviously, you know, anytime something like this happens, it's it's really important to believe people. So I'm just going to put that out there. Something you can go look into if mm-hmm. you want to. Um, but like I said, there's not really a great comprehensive list of it or or or. St- way to talk about it in a way that makes us sound reasonably informed about what's going on. So feel free to do that investigation for yourself if you'd like. But with that, we're going to kick it over to you, Josh. What is your first topic this week? Well, before we get to it, it made me think of, there was also like three other interesting things that happened. Uh, I'll just say them briefly. Crystalia, Joe Rogan, and Danny Masterson. Yeah. Google it all. If things couldn't be crazier in this world, they they just continue to be. <laughs> I don't get it. Oh, it's uh, amazing too. Uh, really quick too. Yeah. Uh, especially with related to like Crystalia, the number of people who, number of clips that are now being unearthed of people basically making jokes about exactly what ended up coming to light. Right. Like, and how, how so did we clearly, not see this before? <laughs> right. Like, so clearly this has been some sort of. Uh, open secret amongst comics at least for some time which is very disappointing but anyway continue on with your first story josh look yeah look forward to this and bored with everything (laughs) we'll get right into that we'll have donnie back on and we'll talk about louis ck and crystal you know (laughs) right Uh, all right so we're gonna start off with well we're gonna talk about ea play and maybe we're gonna give it a little recap we had ea play uh the other day no pun intended <laughs> uh <laughs> sorry I, that was a stretch on the end um that was yeah well that's what i live for <laughs> uh i only struggled because i was trying to find the date and i didn't see it so uh, <laughs> some thursday whatever day thursday <laughs> whatever was. day thursday was that was the 18th so there we EA go play at 7 p.m on a thursday smart just like this presentation. Uh, so let's start with, did you watch EA Play? I did watch EA Play. Okay. Cool. And I was going to say something after that, but I'll save that for the end. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, let's start with, well, let's start with what they started with. Apex Legends started, uh, op- it opened up the show, essentially. Um, we saw a trailer for Season 5, Lost Treasures. Now, it's not the start of Season 5. Season 5 has been out for a bit. Uh, which introduced, I, I believe, Maya is the new character's name. Um, this showed um, essentially uh, like this like hidden treasure hunt, and it introduces a new map location for Crypto. 
which is his vault. Um, we saw a new game mode, <clears throat> which I thought was pretty cool, uh, where uh, they are getting rid of, in this specific game mode, they're getting, in, I believe it's Armed and Dangerous Evolved, um, which is Snipers and Shotties. Uh, right. They're getting rid of the respawn beacon, or the respawn uh, post, and they're adding a mobile respawn beacon that everyone starts the match with, which I think is awesome. Uh, I think it's really cool. It adds a, lo- a, a new layer of strategy that I think kind of keeps Apex evolving. I know that it's called Evolved, but like literally they they just keep evolving. Um, but I, I believe the biggest news that we got what is two, well twofold. We have Apex Legends announced uh, as coming to Steam, so no longer an Ep, uh, Ep, uh, Origins. No, what was it on before? Epic Game Store, right? Uh, no longer... Oh, shoot. Is it Epic? It's EA. Okay. EA Origin. No longer an EA, yeah, EA Origin, Origin exclusive. <laughs> uh, it is now coming to Steam, and it is also coming to Nintendo Switch, which I'm actually very interested to see how this game ports to Switch. What I'm not interested to see is what it's like to see someone play on Switch versus PC. <laughs> that seems insane to me. Uh <laughs> Uh, and that's what leads into the next big announcement, which is full crossplay between Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC, which is, well, I think we can say this is the future, right? Everything should be eventually coming crossplay at launch. Um, and then obviously, hopefully, some games that are already out will also be crossplay. Uh, any, I know, like we've, uh, of course, played Apex together a bunch. Uh, are you still playing Apex? Is this at all relevant to you? Uh, I know you're into Call of Duty right now, so where where does this hit for you? I actually wanted to hear an interesting th- thing, Josh. Yes, I do. I deleted Call of Duty off my hard drive. Hey, me too. That's more surprising for you. <laughs> yeah, it was way too big. And yeah. with everything that's coming out soon, I just said I'm not going to play this any- enough to justify taking up 200 gigs of space on my hard drive. Do you think they'll if you have, eventually fix that? I hope so. But if you have a launch system, a launch PS4, a launch, launch Xbox, Call of Duty is basically the only game you can have installed. <laughs> yeah, because you have your OS, which takes up right, way yeah. more than they tell you it takes up when yeah, you buy it. <laughs> so, which is really sad. Anyway, Apex. I have downloaded Apex a number of times. Obviously, we played it not that long ago. Yeah. Just, well, tried to play it not that long ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I've downloaded a number of times to get back into it because it looks fun. Yes. But here's the problem I've always had with Apex. I have a really hard time seeing people in this game, and I don't know what it is. Uh-huh. I don't know if there's too much other stuff going on. Maybe I'm just going getting old and my eyes are getting bad, <laughs> but there's so much stuff going on on the screen that when I'm in a firefight, I have a really hard time keeping track of characters on the screen. And like I said, that might just be me, uh, but I like Apex. I think it is fun. But I also think that if I got back into it now, so much has changed from when I played it that I, I think it'd be really hard for me to fully transition it and get back into it uh, and feel good at least for a while about how things are going. Yeah. Now, I will say, when they said it was coming to Switch with crossplay, I immediately said, man, I really want to play Apex again. <laughs> hey. And I know I probably shouldn't 
like immediately go to the thinking the Switch players aren't going to be as good. <laughs> but what I always go to in my mind is Overwatch because Overwatch obviously is out on Switch now. Yeah. And Overwatch has rankings if you play ranked. And the rankings, at least last time I checked, which has been, I don't know, probably two months. So things could have changed and probably increased a little bit since then. The, the top 500 on Switch were one rank above the highest rank I've ever gotten in Overwatch. Really? Yes. That's how low they are. <laughs> so, we're, I mean, literally, we're talking, you know, 32, 3300 for ranks, cause, mm. which is diamond. I've been plat is the highest I've ever gotten because I'm not that great, but I like playing. Uh, so, their, diamond is the highest. It's like one step above where i've been and that is top 500 and the only reason it's diamond is because they don't allow plat to be top 500 oh so whereas you know and like i said that's like 3300 up to 3500 whereas on pc and xbox and playstation 4 and playstation 4 top 500 is usually 42 4300 so quite a bit above that and granted with time that i'm sure that number will will continue to creep up but obviously <laughs> <laughs> it, has, it hasn't gotten very high uh, with time. So, yeah, I, I think this is good. I think that, like you said, full crossplay is important. I think this is very interesting to me that everything from EA is going to Steam because that'll obviously be a trend throughout this show because it almost makes you wonder what's the purpose of Origin anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you're right because the next, the next topic, the next one is... Contrary to that, um, I will say before we even go any further, I really think there was only two, uh, two and uh, three, three notable things in this whole forty-five minute presentation. Yeah, uh, it was a little rough. And Apex was one of them. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was a rough one. Uh, but I, uh, but I also don't think that this is any different from EA Play every year. I think if you're a fan yeah. of EA Play, like EA. Or EA Play presentations, you know what you're in for, and I think at least to give them some credit, they're con- they're consistent in their presentation over at least over the past four years. I will say, I think they actually showed less sports than they typically do. They did because they didn't even really show sports. <laughs> I know there was one <laughs> montage, and that was it. So that was the thing I think I was most surprised by was how little sports stuff we got. But sorry, that's jumping ahead. No, Continue that's okay. On, that's okay. All right. So we're going to move. This is going to be a real quick one. We saw a very, uh, I guess, culture forward trailer for <laughs> Sims 4. I don't necessarily know that it did anything more than a, it was a, like a self-serving trailer. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, but but the the only announcement we really got for Sims Four is that it is now available on Steam. Which, yeah, why why have EA Origins? Right. And <laughs> uh, I, I literally have EA Origins, and on it I have Sims Four. <laughs> and now, why have it? <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, yes. So let's skip the questionnaire in here. So we saw um, EA. Did they call them? They don't call them Origins, right? They call them EA... Originals? Originals. And they showed uh, some trailers for some EA original games. Uh, the first game we saw was uh, Haze Lights. It Takes Two. So this is Joseph Ferris who did... Um, uh, what's it called? A Way Out. He did Brothers... Yeah, and Brothers of Tale of Two Sons. Yeah. So basically, we found out <laughs> as much as Joseph Ferris likes to come down on even the video game industry, not just the film industry... He has now done three games that is about that are about two players working together. This is that third game. <laughs> uh, 
And this is It Takes Two. Uh, It seems to be based on uh, his maybe life or at least some like some at least I got the impression that it was. Uh, it, he gets a quoted, it will, quote, blow your bleeping mind away, unquote. <laughs> uh, it looks okay. I don't think that the trailer blew my bleeping mind away. Uh, but I'll let people watch the trailer themselves. What did you yep. think? Was this uh, something that blew you away? Kind of seemed like Toy Story of the game. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Buzz and Woody. Uh, yep. We also saw uh, Zoink Games announced a game called Lost in Random. Uh, this game actually really appealed to me, but only because there is a die that is like your yep. companion character. Um, and it seemed like it could potentially be um, a game I could get behind it, but it really tracks as, I don't know, maybe Bastion with a sidekick to a, maybe, to yeah. a degree, or even like sort of Ditto with a sidekick. Yeah, yeah. Top down. Uh, action adventure game i guess yeah i think for me the reason i struggle with those comparisons is just the art in this game because oh, yeah, no, this is like the same <laughs> but yeah. yeah the nightmare before christmas the game mm. from an art perspective i did notice that it definitely that caught my that caught my attention right away that i don't know that i've seen a game try to tackle that art style right um and it definitely looked like Coraline e um yeah, so i'm oh, excited absolutely. to see uh i'm excited to see more of that game uh we had a trailer for Rocket Arena, which we've seen before, briefly. It's a 3v3 Rocket game that looks just not for me. <laughs> uh, graphically, I think, when they actually showed some gameplay, it looked pretty good. Uh, but but I, I don't I don't get it. Uh, Kyle, where, where do you land on Rocket Arena? <laughs> I'm going to sound like a huge hypocrite since I'm a big Overwatch fan. Yeah. But, and obviously Overwatch is slightly different than this. But but obviously, I think their hero shooter shares some things together. And I really feel bad saying this. This is the studio's first game. I, I hope they're successful and do well. But Josh, this looks so generic to me. It really does. And they, they I, even called it Rocket Arena. Right. They couldn't even come up with a better name. Right. And like <laughs> I said, I hope it's great. I hope it's a ton of fun and that people really dig it. I just was watching it and thought this looks like if you took everything from the fa- last five years of video games and jammed it into a, a game generator, this is the game that would come out. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be fun. It might be super fun. Yeah. I, I really tuned out when the trailer started like a minute and a half in, and then I caught myself catching the gameplay at the like the end of the trailer. It's really mm-hmm. one of those like overdone, over-the-top, comical carpet sale commercials and then they throw in like the game at the end uh i was waiting for them to say it was going to be free to play yeah and i don't think that ever happened but i and i know i've seen the special edition champion edition whatever yeah is 40 bucks i think so i wonder how much just the base game is i wonder if it's a 20 dollar game yeah that's a good question yeah uh it does come out on july 14th so we're not that far away uh no no um Uh, maybe the most confusing part of this no sign of a beta for a online multiplayer game yeah seems very odd to me anyways i'm gonna stop criticizing rocket arena it could be good who knows Uh, i i genuinely (laughs) hope it's good because if it is i like games like that so if it is good i i'm definitely not opposed to it i just yeah well let's move to 
a multiplayer game I'm actually interested in and looks incredible, at least from what we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely see this being a divisive game, though. Uh, we saw some gameplay finally from Star Wars Squadrons. I say finally, like we've been waiting for years, <laughs> but like we saw a trailer. Three days we did, we didn't realize we weren't getting gameplay. Uh, and when I say we, I mean me, or the Royal We. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we saw finally some gameplay from Star Wars Squadrons. This is probably something I can talk even uh, more about without even looking um, at anything from from this post. But it's by EA Motive. Uh, we saw a few things about e- uh, Star Wars Squadrons that I find interesting, at least. Um, not necessarily signifying it's going to be good. First, we know there's a story. A short campaign, as they say. I don't know how short it's going to be. Where you are literally creating a character for the rebel forces and for the imperial forces. Um, They don't say how much you can customize. At least in the screenshot, they each side had a name. I don't know if those are like stuck names, but they're definitely Star Warsy names. Um. And uh, they definitely have customization because they hint at that later. Uh, we also know after you complete, well, not after you complete, you if you decide not to do campaign, if you want to play in multiplayer, you actually ha- have to, at least based on what the video said, you have to complete a tutorial on all eight ships before you can play multiplayer. I which- was wondering about that because it very much sounded like in the in the presentation that you had to complete the campaign yeah before you could play multiplayer and i wasn't certain if that was true but that's kind of how it was presented so i wonder if the campaign is short enough that it is it's like a basically tutorial. <laughs> the tutorial on all eight yeah. of those ships and that's totally possible too and actually i think i might prefer that for tutorial yeah. to actually give you some story but yeah uh, essentially um it's going to be interesting because uh the multiplayer modes uh, at least for dogfight, I have five players on them, but you only have four ship types. So I'm curious how that's going to work. Uh, Just two, you'd have two like X-Wings, basically, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on... Because if they're making you do a tutorial on all the ships, to me it implied you have to fill one of those slots. And Yeah, that'll and be interesting. We'll see how that pans out, but essentially... Um, I don't know if I have the list here, but uh, essentially you have like a bomber squadron. You have a shoot like a, a fighter jet, like the X wing of the Tie Fighter. You have the Tie Bomber and the and the Y wing. I'm gonna sound like a big Star Wars nerd because I know the names of all the ships. <laughs> uh, uh, you have an interceptor, which is Tie Interceptor in the A wing, and um, you have one more, which. Because this is all off memory, I don't. I yeah, don't... there was a support class basically. Yeah, and there was the bomber. Class. Yeah, the bomber, the support, the yeah, yeah. general fighter, and then your stealthy assassin style. Yeah. So yet you, you have all those ships, right? Um, so you do multiplayer. You have two different multiplayer modes. Um, you have dogfight, and you have what they call the all-out five v five battle, which yeah. Uh, which is fleet battles, which if you've played uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 
Yep. Or you remember me talking about playing supremacy mode and how I spent five hours playing. That's essentially <laughs> what Fleet Battles is. It's a tug of war between the sides, which I got very anxious when I saw they were putting that in this game because I was like, I cannot spend that much more time right. in a multiplayer mode. <laughs> uh, but those are the two modes. Uh, it looks really cool. You are locked into first-person mode. Okay, so yes. this is going to be divisive because of that. However, this is true fandom to X-Wing versus TIE Fighter right. LucasArts PC. Because you could only play in first-person first mode. Because they give you all these... They want to make you feel like you're in this cockpit. So they give you all right. this, this heads-up data while you're playing that you need to pay attention to. So this mm-hmm. isn't just going to be Star Wars Battlefront 2 um, space battles or whatever they call it. I forget the name, but this is going to be a, a bit more intense. This is like the Rainbow Six Siege of shooters for space, I think. At least it's setting up to be. A little bit more tactical, more strategy, I think. And you're not really allowed to to change their their vision too much. Right. Which yeah, I'm actually talk- excited for. Yeah, because they did talk about how you have to, you know manage your shields and where you're putting your energy and yeah. your ship and all that. So it definitely sounds like there is more to it than just go out there, have a fun dog fight in third person. And I think also the fact that it's a $40 game. Yes. It's not surprising to me that in some ways they're limiting some things because it's 40 bucks. It's not a fully priced fleshed out entry. It is a side thing that they wanted to do. And the folks at motive, if you listen to the interviews and stuff, said, hey, we want to do this thing and started working on, on it as a small group and eventually got it greenlit to go. So this was very much a passion project for them. And I think that shows about how excited they were to talk about what it is and, and the decisions they made and how committed they are to to this experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, we saw, well, we found out it's going to have full crossplay support, which is huge. Uh, $40, nothing to to overlook like that's that's a great price point uh i know it only has two modes for multiplayer but but forty dollars doesn't feel so bad if they decide to add dlc in the future if it's successful right um and no no microtransactions that was their kind of finishing point Mm -hmm. uh everything that you can customize you can earn by playing which is a smart move, especially with a Star Wars license and for sure. basically a Battlefront like spinoff game. Uh, well, so we'll we'll be getting this on PlayStation Four. I will be buying this because there's no way I'm not playing this in PSVR. VR? <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited so. about that. I was so glad that VR support because when they when VR support was first talked about for it, everyone just said PC, and I was so bummed about that. But then <laughs> just much not much later, they're like, oh, and PS4. And I'm stoked. I agree. Play this getting this be for sweet. Us, for sure. October 2nd is the release date for this one. Uh, uh, we, one okay. Sorry, one yeah. other real quick note about this. I think, and I don't know if this, I haven't been able to confirm this, but I heard hmm. this said by multiple other places that it sounds like not only are there no microtransactions, there will be no DLC in the future. Okay, that that's good, actually. This is a standalone ship project because as soon because what we're going to talk about in a moment when they were talking about the projects the studios are working on in the future, yeah. Motive has something else they're working on. So from okay. what other places have said, might not be accurate, but this is a 
here's 40 bucks. Here's everything you will ever get for this game in one package. Great. Okay. Even, even better. At least we, you know, we know what we're getting. So I like that. Um, awesome. Cool. So <laughs> I'm going to go over this as quickly as EA did. We had a, we got a quick montage of Madden 21 and FIFA 2021. And that's it. <laughs> yep. That is it. Uh, we move right on to, well, we had, um, uh, uh, someone from, from EA come on and talk to us. I'm not sure what her title was because I just I don't remember. Um, basically saying like, you know, EA's here for the future. We're going to be around. We're sticking around for the long haul. We saw some quick, 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 quick teasers of projects. Um, and what we saw was a glimpse at Dragon Age, a glimpse at a new battlefield with the highest amount of uh, players on the screen at once, I guess, but they were all like basically white models running through yeah. a white field, so yep. it's not really showing much. <laughs> uh, new Need for Speed, uh, a new project by EA Motive uh, um, that's going to be on PS5, Xbox Series X, and high-end PCs, so I'll be playing it on my, one of my new consoles, not my PC. Um, uh, that's about it. Uh I don't even necessarily, if you have something to say on this, you can, but really, I don't know that we saw enough to even, even like comment on it. They did this a few years ago, right? When they showed Mass Effect Andromeda for the first time. Wasn't that the year that they showed just really quick snips from a whole bunch of... They showed a scene that wasn't even in the game, which was like like Pathfinder, Rider's father, going through this like field... Like well, wasn't like... that? I'm trying to remember. Was that the same year though, or in the same montage where they showed the first images from Amy Henning's Star Wars game? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And how how good did those games they showed in that little situation too? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that was the same one. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on to skate. We got apparently the internet was waiting for a new skate game. I wasn't. <laughs> uh, uh, but 20, 10 years ago, Skate 3 was released, and now we're getting an untitled Skate game, which, if it's not called Skate 4, I don't know, I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Do you care? I don't. I think this is good. I think this is also too little too late in some ways, because Tony Hawk is coming out this year. And Session. Skater XL. Session. There's so many of these games now <laughs> that are coming out that... And maybe... You know, I know Skate is a very beloved franchise. It has a very passionate fan base. Maybe not the largest fan base, but very passionate. So I'm really excited that those folks are going to get a new Skate game. I just really wonder, because this was the end of the show. was showing Skate. That was the end. And I understand the surprise that that was. And that there were rumors of another game or games coming back, potentially still this year. Yeah. And if that is true, if that Mass Effect trilogy remaster is happening, why not I don't know it? why in the world <laughs> you end with Skate, which is so early in development you couldn't even show us anything, yet you showed us gray boxes for Battlefield. The only way they don't show it is if it's tied into Xbox's presentation. That's yeah, the only so. way you don't show it. But Xbox's next presentation is first party. Yeah, which what, right, but they they still have. I thought we were supposed to get Xbox in June and July. 
they said they're not doing Jude okay. anymore. So maybe, uh, yeah. So so I well, can't imagine that Mass Effect trilogy gets announced during our quote E3 uh, timeline. Right. Unquote. Let me let me rephrase that before people get upset. <laughs> they said something is coming, but not what they had planned. Well, there were rumors that came out, or there was information that came out that Xbox's planned showing for June got canceled. Folks from Xbox came out and said, we never said there was something planned for June. Oh, yeah. To which yeah, those yeah. folks then quoted the tweets that said, you're doing they said something every month. Something in June, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so whatever was going to potentially maybe <laughs> thoughtfully we assumed might happen this month is not happening. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well. But I could, yeah. I could <laughs> we'll see them see coming back <laughs> and doing something in August, potentially. They come back in July, do their first party, come back in August and really solidify Here's what launch lineup looks like. Here are some other games that are coming that you might really want to be excited about. I could totally see. Yeah, that. there's no rule that says yeah, you can't come back in in next month and, and do something. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, we also had a quick uh, in between there. Seven. Uh, they announced seven EA games will be coming to Nintendo Switch this year. Two of them are Burnout Paradise, which I believe actually just came out, and yeah. Apex Legends, which is coming out. Yep. Um, but we'll see some more. Which I'm gonna guess. They're all one or two year old EA games, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Yeah. A way out, um, Sea of Solitude, uh, Unravel, Unravel Two, Unravel Two, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm sure they're not going to be of note, uh, and that is a slam on EA. <laughs> so take that. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's that's a long. We gave I think more time to EA there than they gave us. So I think so. That was a mistake on our part. <laughs> Uh, just overall impressions of the EA show? A D. D plus. <laughs> yeah, it was it was not great. It was definitely not great. You're right. They pretty much traditionally do the same thing every year, but and every year it's fine. And this year again it was it was fine. Hey, so. if there were if there was more Apex news, it would have been better for me. Right. But really, Star Wars Squadrons is only the real thing I took out of that. Yeah. I love nope. crossplay is great. I love that I can play with everyone. But man, I have Apex on everything already. So um crossplay does not mean um there's no cross progression. So really right. it's just it's an empty favor for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. All right, Josh, my first topic. Super exciting that both my first two topics are community sourced. Mm. So the first one is about board game storage. So one of our listeners is refinishing their basement. And what are suggestions for board game storage or wants to know how we store our games? So to push this even just a bit further, because obviously that could be a very short answer. If you could design your own storage area from scratch, Josh, what would you do? But start with initially. What are your recommendations? Someone's redoing their basement. What should they do? Well, if I had the craftiness that you and your wife do, I would do what you did. Uh, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have... For me, I literally have, um, I went to Lowe's and bought the, like, essentially what you would keep tools and and stuff in your basement or uh, garage in. And I have all my games in them um, because it's affordable for me. Ultimately, right. like, I would prefer um, Calyx shelves yep. from Ikea, which is basically the gold standard uh, for board game groups and board gamers. Because Indeed. they seem to fit most of the board game box sizes. 
uh, even records, which is nice. I don't have anything to keep my records in because my sh- the, every time I buy a box shelf, the records are too tall. I can't even put them in oh, no. there. It's so frustrating. But anyway, we're talking about board games. Um, yeah, I mean, I always see people people share their like either they bought a new house or remodeled or built a room, and I just kind of wish I had that craftiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I could like pitch my like ideal design it would be like you you need to be aware of your room size Mm -hmm. so something that i always wanted to do even with like video games like a long long time ago there was a show monster house i don't know if you're familiar with it i am yes uh where they would basically like set up houses and i remember them setting up like living room entertainment centers where all the components were on the opposite side of the wall for like the entertainment center. So all you saw was a TV and there was like one cable that was run through the wall behind the TV. So you didn't see it. Right. So I've always like, that's always been my like dream for an entertainment area. So when I think of a board game room, I kind of think of the same idea. So like if you walked, if I walked into my room in my board game room, I would want my end of my board game area to be flush with the door jam. So if you walk in, to the room, the door jam is flush across the wall with an inset of board game shelves. So okay, you're yep. still dedicated the size of your room, but really what it's doing is taking away from the other parts of your rooms surrounding that room. But mm-hmm. if you can afford to do that, you can afford to have more rooms in your house. <laughs> so that's something I would like to see. Um, or even shelves for board games, you know, six to eight feet above you on the wall. So you're not, my biggest problem is like people don't see while recording, but these shelves come out, I don't know, three feet, two, two, three feet. That's how much room and they don't go flush against the wall. So they're taking up a good amount of real estate in the room, which really makes the room smaller. So if uh, the only other thing it would be is like a a trap door secret room where like you pull, (laughs) you pull a book and the thing opens and it's a, vault of board games but uh, to be honest um you you shared pictures uh a few months ago of what you, what you guys did and, and i really like what you have but you also you do what i wish i could do which is have a conservative collection of games that you genuinely want to showcase and or play often and i just have impulse control board games <laughs> and <laughs> i really wish i could control that so i feel like my my collection that I would have to build would be more, well, it would have to be bigger. But I also see people who have a lot of space who also incorporate uh, figurines or statues or sculptures in, right? like that it may even have something to do with the theme of the board games on that shelf. So there's mm-hmm. a lot you can do, but I really think the illusion of like an inset cabinet in a wall or like shelving is really the way to go. Think of like a library where you would put books in. Um, would be my ideal situation for board game storage. Yeah, I think that sounds really good. But it, in a lot of ways, I haven't seen anything that's been super revolutionary as far as board game storage goes. The Calyx shelves, like you said, are, are the gold standard. But I think just from a size standpoint and trying to fit as many games on a shelf standpoint, most storage systems are going to go with having your games vertical. And when you do that, that just also means you're going to have to have typically some additional items at your disposal, like baggies or 
rubber bands that aren't too tight so they yeah. have damaged cards. <laughs> just things that you can do to like tidy up the games in the box because some organizers especially just do not do well when you stand the game vertical. So having an area for that, those items, I think is important to incorporate. And we have that in our thing that we built. We down the center in the very middle of the bottom row, we have some small drawers and that's where we keep all the extra baggies, all the extra dice, all the extra things and odds and ends that we might need for playing games go in those little drawers that are there. But I think honestly, if you just Google around and look, you're going to see it's pretty consistent what people do. And I think it's just because there's not a super cool or unique way to store boxes that I've seen yet. Yeah. So they look good, though. I don't think there's anything wrong with the, the traditional way of having the shelving units, whether it be Calyx or something different, having the games done vertically. And the nice thing is, is there's so many games that are come in the quote unquote standard size box that that's going to be great for. 80 plus percent of your collection it's just gonna be those really odd ones that are sometimes <laughs> hard and those are the ones for us that are in the bottom of our yeah or you need like a top shelf where they can sit but yep. they don't have to fit in with a specific spacing yep so just having some sort of space in your mind for the odd shaped games and where those are going to go but uh please share pictures when you're done because i think it'd be really exciting to see what you do um but yeah we <laughs> the one thing we were going to do that we didn't do we kind of did we talked about incorporating some sort of mini kind of kitchen or something into it. And the closest thing we did is we got a drinks fridge. And that's just attached <laughs> to the end. But outside of that, just if you have something for, if you're going to have little snacks or stuff, that's a thing you could incorporate. If I mean, if you're remodeling and just going all out, might as well, right? <laughs> yes. So if you can do it, yeah, that's a great way to do it. Awesome. All right, Josh, what's your second topic? Hey, so do you remember... I don't know if you remember, a little while ago, I talked about my problem with Animal Crossing. Once you unlock terraforming, you're never really finished with the game. Right. Because you're always wondering what you can do better. Well, indeed. let's take that and let's take it to Mars. And let's retake it to Mars because we are re-terraforming Mars. Terraforming Mars is bigger, it's better, apparently, and it's on Kickstarter. <laughs> this is... Uh, we'll talk about from Dice Tower News first. Uh, so Stronghold Games has launched a Kickstarter, which must be why they're not taking care of our current orders that we placed with them. But I digress. <laughs> uh, the Kickstarter campaign features a big box able to hold all of Terraforming Mars's expansions, as well as 90 plus 3D tiles and markers which is a huge addition to the base game. Yes. Um, it is already funded. It has at $1.4 million on a budget of $50,000. So we, we, we just talked about like small Kickstarters or the pandemic affecting Kickstarters. Like the 12,000 backers say, no, <laughs> you're wrong. Right. And we're right. Uh, so you can currently back this on Kickstarter uh, as Terraforming Mars Big Box plus 3D Tiles. And let me get down here. You can get in at... I should have in investigated this before. So you can get a regular game. <laughs> Is that true? That we can get a copy of Terraforming Mars The Small Box, including all the milestones from this campaign, for $79. 
Uh, but if you want the big box, the new one, the big fancy 3D printed pieces, you're looking at $99. Yes. What I will say is if you want Terraforming Mars, you can just spend $40 and get it. You don't have to spend $79. (laughs) Uh, But but it does come with um, the 3D tiles and markers uh, as well. So, I mean, you're definitely getting more, but uh, we're probably each going to get a copy because of this Kickstarter because they're going to want to get rid of all of their older copies of of Terraforming Mars. So maybe we'll have a giveaway in the future of Terraforming Mars. Because we both already have it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah. So what do you think? Is is Terraforming Mars big box something you're you're interested in? Have you played your copy? And do you think it warrants a big box version, whether you have or have not played it? Josh, I am remiss to say I have not ever (laughs) played my copy of Terraforming Mars. I really want to because obviously the game is... uh, highly praised beloved if for, so for what it is <laughs> i think it's it, this whole small box big box thing I, I find interesting because basically the small box gets you the 3d tiles yeah and such but just in a different so you have to store everything separately basically and the big box lets you put all of it together in one big box that reminds me of the foundations of rome box yeah it does it's yeah it really does. that is what it looks like to me <laughs> And I think it's cool, like, what they're doing, how they're making this game that a lot of people really love, kind of giving you the definitive version of it, if you would. Everything looks really nice. It looks really cool. They have the nice little cutouts for where the cubes go. And, yeah, I I think it's cool. And if you're someone who likes the game, I think this is an awesome way to show your appreciation for it. And, yeah, like you said, if you're not interested or you've never played Terraforming Mars might be worth just buying the base game and seeing if you like it rather than jumping in at this price but even at the hundred dollar level i think this is a decent deal i thought it was going to be more than this yeah i agree it's a it's a good price for sure in fact uh the only thing the only thing i think of when looking at this kickstarter is how much i want them to do this for Catan. oh yeah absolutely because I always look see, at like Etsy, they have like the custom yeah, Catan the custom games, and I ones. always want to yeah. buy one, but they're like hundreds of dollars. So I would love to see them. Like I guess I also haven't played uh, Terraforming Mars, so maybe if I did play it, it would like like kick like Catan off the hill for games like resource management games for me. But really, all this makes me want is this for Catan. <laughs> Josh, maybe we should play Terraforming Mars. We should probably play it, but you know what? I'm not going to play it until I get a shipping notification for my my games from Stronghold. Uh, I am holding. I'm holding true on that. <laughs> I'm not move budging. No more. I'm so, not playing any indie board boards or cards games or any Stronghold games until I get a shipping notification. So, dear listener, they had a (laughs) random box you could buy for $100 that came with five big games and five little games. If you paid extra, you could pick which games you wanted. I did not do that. (laughs) And I did not do that either. But Josh and I each ordered one of these because we figured even if we get duplicates, we could use them as giveaways. And Because we we love our listeners. (laughs) I know. We ordered these a month ago. About? Yeah, and not even a notification. And there's been nothing. There's been no communication since we ordered them. I told you I emailed. Did I tell you I emailed them? So I emailed the Kickstarter. No, sorry. I emailed Crowdox, who 
<laughs> supply who who we purchased through, they emailed me back saying we just handled the ship, not the shipping. We just handled the purchasing. Email these people, and it was the Kickstarter email for indie boards and cards. So I emailed them, and then their email back was, uh, "We're shipping them next week," which is okay. I'm sure no one has ever heard that before. <laughs> okay, so theoretically, this week we should get our shipping notifications. Yeah, I'm, I'm, if I don't get an email Monday, I'm emailing them again. <laughs> well, I said this week. I would give them the week. Yeah, I'm not going to give. Them the okay, week. that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep them on their toes. Awesome. All right. So, anything else about reterraforming Mars? <sighs> you know, I, I I wish we could be give our listeners a more informed opinion on whether this is a great Kickstarter to back or not. Right. Um, but all signs, I mean, like you said, uh, for value, it the price is way under. Like this is yeah. a great value. So, uh, and I don't think we've seen a board game yet come to Kickstarter with 3D molds like this um, that I can think of. So I think this is a great uh, sign of where 3D printing is going. For sure. Do we know? Is this going into distribution or no? Uh, I don't know. I don't think it was stated. Yeah. If it was, I didn't I didn't catch it. That would be something helpful to know, too, because if it wasn't going into distribution, then backing this Kickstarter, even if you were on the fence, would be potentially a good idea because resale would be there. Let me but see if there's a potential- re- a, re- a retailer pledge. Oh, there is a retailer pledge. Never mind. Oh, is there? So it's totally... Yeah, there is one. Yep. So never mind. It's totally going into distribution, so... Well, that, that's not even necessarily the case. A lot of games, the retailers can buy them, but they don't go into distribution. That's true. Uh, like like Fog of Love. Well, actually, oh. that's a bad example because it that's went a, into Walmart. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. <laughs> like Fireball Island. Um, no, that also went. There's games yeah, that, that also went. <laughs> Foundations of Rome. There we go. There we go. <laughs> that that's one. All right, cool. Time for <laughs> struggling today. Whoo! Okay. All right, time for the second community source topic, and this one is all about tabletop simulator. So we've talked about it before on the show. This is a kind of old hat. We've definitely talked about tabletop simulator, but here's what the question from the listener is: What impact do we think it has on the sale of physical board games? Uh, one of our listeners recently backed a Kickstarter, the Kickstarter for Planet Unknown, which is – that Kickstarter's over. You can definitely go take a look at it if you want to. I think they'll be doing late pledges eventually. But they backed that after playing the game on Tabletop Simulator. Do we think that's the norm, or how do we think this impacts sales, if at all? What are your thoughts, Josh? I think it's becoming kind of normal. Uh, if you follow any board game insiders, like this is uh, Tabletop Simulator – it's kind of big, actually. They've been playing a lot of pre-release games, um, even beta testing games on Tabletop Simulator. My biggest problem with Tabletop Simulator is the uncertainty. And if you're not playing with someone like over a voice chat or the designer of the game, uh, Tabletop Simulator does not tell you if you're making a wrong move or... Right. It basically just lets you do whatever you want. Realistically, it's just a piece mover. And you're filling in everything else in between there. So I, for me, it's I don't feel comfortable with Tabletop Simulator. While I understand people do love it, like I think the difference would be um, if Steve Finn from Dr. Finn's Game was like, Hey, Josh and Kyle, can you come play test my new game? 
with me on Tabletop Simulator. I'm going to be on voice chat with you the whole time and teach you how to play. Yes, 100%. I'm there. I I just, I get so worried because I don't want to negatively uh, affect someone else's game experience that it's almost like crippling for me. So like Tabletop Simulator is like the ultimate simulation of crippling agony for me (laughs) like i don't want to be that person and also i don't want to be in a position where i have to call someone out for doing something wrong because like i feel like everyone's like on the same footing and and, like it's different if it's a teaching experience like whenever i play board games in my house and if i'm teaching someone a board game i always look at it as a teaching experience so if someone does something wrong i can say well, let me check the rules and see if that's right. And it's you can still do that on Tabletop Simulator, but it literally takes a lot of time to mm-hmm. reference the rules because you have to open something different to find it. It's not the same as, for me at least, tangibly having something right. and being able to show them that instead of being like, hey, I found it, page three, section yeah. four, paragraph two. Like, I just... I find it to be very, um, it's, it's, it comes across as very stressful to me. So I just don't have the, even the want to do it. Um, I'd rather play a board game over Skype, to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think overall, I, I think Tabletop Simulator is now in the position where it is helping to sell board games. I don't know if a significant amount but I don't think it is hurting the sales of board games yeah. because I think naturally, generally, people who are getting into board games are doing it because they want to socially get together with people, if at all possible. Yep. So if they can't do that, then maybe they'll play a tabletop simulator. I'm sure there are some people who use it who are maybe more on the video game enthusiast side. And that's the only way they would ever play the games that they're never going to buy the physical tabletop version anyway. So overall, I think it does help, especially like you said, for Kickstarters or in the case of our listener, how they picked up a Kickstarter. As you said, that's becoming so much more common where you can go play these games that are on Kickstarter on Tabletop Simulator to see if you're going to like them or not. Now, you're right. It's hard because the rules aren't built into there. But overall, I think it is a overall, I think it's a net positive for Kickstarters and for game sales. Yeah, for sure. So, and I think the other cool thing about it is anyone could design a game and put it on tabletop simulator. Now, there's a lot of <laughs> questions and gray areas about copyrights because there are some official versions of games on tabletop simulator. Some companies are very passionate about making sure that a good quality version of their game is on tabletop simulator. Other companies don't do anything about it and let <laughs> anyone put any copy of any game up there. So that is, you know, maybe a gray area. People could have different thoughts on that. But I do think it's cool, too, that if you're designing a board game, you can put it on Tabletop Simulator and let other people play it if you want to. That's a thing you can totally do, uh, which is cool. I think that's nice and a, a cool little thing to it. I will say having a flip the button or flip the button, flip the table button is not a great <laughs> idea. That should maybe everyone gets to do that once a year or something, I think, should be what the, that rule is. But overall, I think it's a good thing. I just wish it was a little... Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say more professional, but more there were more official things on it. That to me, I think would make me feel a little bit better about it. So, but yeah. overall, I think a net positive. Agreed. Cool, Josh. Topic three, hit us. Well, this 
topic is going to lead into your topic three. And I guess the best way to sum this up is the internet. <laughs> uh, we saw this happen uh, before, and we're seeing it happen again. The Last of Us 2, sorry, The Last of Us Part 2, yes, has basically just been... The, the Metacritic page has just been just destroyed. Uh, yeah. People are review bombing the heck out of it. Uh, so I'm going to just kind of give you a little rundown um, from Riley McLeod on Kotaku.com if you want to check it out. Um, yeah, uh, they have a review score aggregate of 95 out of 100 right now. It was 96, yep. I believe, at the beginning yep. of the week. Um, with a plethora of 10 out of 10s. Um, you know, Naughty Dog has been happy to tout that. User scores, however, are sitting at a 3.5 out of 10, and that's based on over 31,000 reviews, and over over 20,000 of them are negative. Josh, you know, the game that's almost 30 hours has been out for about 48 at the time we're recording this. (laughs) People... Very committed to finishing this game. Yeah, so speaking of that, user reviews on Metacritic began pouring in almost as soon as the game launched. Uh, Much of this was likely review bombing, a practice of which people intentionally flood a game with negative reviews. Forbes noted that the game had over 5,000 user reviews only half a day into release. Sorry, only a half day, not half a half day, the same difference. Um... Suggesting unless people are doing blitzing speedruns, which you cannot do so far, uh, and then ultimately going to Metacritic and posting angry 010 reviews, something fishy is clearly going on. That is a quote from Forbes. <laughs> uh, the game hasn't even been out for two full days. It's 25 to 30 hour game. And as they say, it's unlikely many of these negative reviews uh, even taking into account regions where the game launched sooner from people who finished it. Um, a vocal contingent of players have been set against The Last of Us Part Two since 2018, uh, where we saw the trailer for E3, which shows Ellie in a, we'll call it, as they call it, a lesbian relationship. And even more during the fray, following April's leak on Metacritic, a large portion of of reviews, of reviews reflect this. Calling director, <laughs> I'm not going to say the rest of this. Um, because you know what? I'm sick of the internet. I am too, Josh. I'm so over it. It's June. We really had to endure an onslaught of the internet in from March until now. And I know it's only been a few months. But I am real sick of the internet. And the people who think that this is a platform to spew hate and intolerance, and whether it's political or video games um, or human rights, it's sickening to me. And I really wish that I didn't have to have the internet. I really do. I know! Uh, I, I love our listeners. I love our fans. And honestly, the only reason why I haven't abandoned Twitter is because I want to stay in contact with our listeners and our mutual gaming friends. Right. Um, and that's more important to me than all of this nonsense. But 
Because we're not living in a time where we're making any advancements, as far as I'm concerned, based on the internet. Right. If you're going to review bomb a game because of, uh, I don't care, straight, homosexual, bisexual, transgender, if you're going to hate on a game that you haven't even played and put the time into... You're sickening to me, and I don't want you as a listener. <laughs> Be your like, think of yourself, but also think of other people. This is a world where empathy is important, and and understanding is important. And I'm not even talking about The Last of Us Two anymore. If you can't look at someone else and realize their life is different than yours, what are you even doing? And why would you ever say something negative? To someone who doesn't, who has a different life experience than you, I don't right. understand it. And really, this has just led me down more of a frustrating path that I just don't have any faith in humanity. <laughs> and I and I don't say that lightly. Like I have to laugh because what is my other option? Uh, yeah, we're resorting to taking down a game where people have spent thousands of hours of their lives developing to tell a story and we don't even give it an hour before we just just try to take it down and destroy right. it because someone has a problem with something that's fine we've talked about this dozens of time times if a game isn't for you it's not for you that doesn't mean it's not for someone else that doesn't right. mean if you walk into a GameStop and you see The Last of Us 2 on the shelf that you're offended because you don't want to play that game. You, like, you, the the royal you, <laughs> don't get to decide what other people think or feel or experience. That right. is something that you don't, you don't get the right to do that. That's For not sure. your right. You you know, you control your life. You don't control anyone else's life. And I feel I, bad because you, you, I can tell you my opinion on something, mm -hmm. and we should be able to have a good discourse about it. Like, absolutely, I see this, you see this. And in this situation, it's like, I see this, and you're wrong for seeing anything else. I, I think the hard part about, especially things like review bombs, are it is 100% okay to play this game and not like it. That's fine. You are 100% yes. okay to do that. Yep. However, when review bombs like this happened, it makes it almost impossible to have a good critical conversation about what's going on in the game because you go in, you look at the three whatever it's at and just say whatever and just ignore anyone yeah. who is potentially <laughs> put forth something that is worthy of a critical discussion on a piece of art right and, and i think that's kind of the negative effect of review bombs where people want to for whatever reason hate on a game and get there and get out there and hate on it fine whatever but it really makes it hard then to actually critically address what might be deficiencies in the actual game itself because your message is so you have you have kind of like cut off your own nose to spite your face type of a situation that you just made it so you're completely easy to ignore in this situation. Just be like, yeah, obviously that's not the legitimate user score because a whole bunch of people just put it on there for whatever reason. Now, to, to this is where I always get a little 
I don't know the right answer to it because the the whole phrase, you know, I don't want to yuck someone's yum. I get that. And and I'm in the same boat about that. I, I try very hard, even though I am sometimes snarky, I'm trying not to do that as much because I'm getting really over just the snark and I, I don't want to say witty because I don't think it's witty, but people trying to be witty about taking digs at things other people like. That basically seems what the internet has 100% fully become. It's not about having a good discourse or a good conversation about something. It is about taking something that someone else is excited about and doing the best you can to make fun of it and tell that person how stupid they are for being excited about something. And I think there is definitely place for criticism and feedback and to critique things but that's different than just being a jerk to be a jerk or trying to get a laugh to get a laugh just because you can and I think more and more that is what we have transitioned to and gotten to and I think unfortunately it really negatively influences the way we can talk about games as art because the idea of you know, there was a certain exec who talked about if the game's not fun, why are you even making it a game? <laughs> but oh yeah, and, really? <laughs> yeah, but and and I'm not saying that as dismissive of that. I think that is one way to look at games, but I think that's not the only way to look at games. And I think by only looking at it that way, you're actually restricting what games can be now and what they can be in the future. So if you only want to play games to have fun, that's totally fine. Go ahead, do that. You are entitled to that. But saying that only games can only be good if they are fun um, or fit exactly what your agenda is, I think is, is really unfortunate. And yeah, you know, Kotaku hit it out of the park about the, this article, at least, about, you know, user reviews especially on metacritic just really probably at this point should go away there's yeah. really no reason for them anymore yeah there are other sites that do that and but and i think honestly the the reason this is so bad and where this has come so bad is a lot from mobile stuff there are so there are so many mobile games that have disingenuous rankings on on app stores because there are literally places you can pay to get you know thousands of reviews done for your game that if you just pay them x amount of money they will give you x number of five star reviews that's yeah. the thing you can do for mobile games so looking at a mobile game or a mobile app market and looking at their ratings are completely worthless and useless at this point yeah so i think probably even like with metacritic we should just get rid of user reviews at this point i or yeah, yeah. <laughs> let them write reviews but not let them score them well yeah well i mean that's <laughs> Yeah, the IGN route or the Kotaku route. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the first the first zero score, the first zero user score, which, by the way, 21 of 23 users found helpful, by the way. Right. I played and finished The Last of Us, the first one, several times on PS3 without knowing that the franchise had already died. That is the review and gave it a zero. And that sentence... 21 of 23 people found that helpful. Right. What is that even? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. And, <sighs> yeah. And I don't know what the end is. I know that apparently there's a twist and that people are upset about that. That's fine. You could be upset about that, but. That was posted on the day the game released. Right. There's no. Yeah. You're not there yet. That's totally fine. <laughs> like, anyway. Yes. Uh, 
you know, yeah, okay. Let's yeah, let's move on to your topic because I hate my topic. <laughs> okay. Just making this crammy. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, as you could probably guess, Josh and I have both been playing The Last of Us Part 2. No spoilers. Don't worry. We will not talk about anything story-wise at all. The only thing we might maybe talk about that some people might potentially consider a spoiler is, like, mechanics. Of right. Right. What you actually do in the game, uh, the act of playing the game, but we're not going to talk about story anything. So to start with, we're going to um, use a question from Donnie at Play Nintendo. How far along are you and your thoughts so far? So Josh, how far along are you and what are your general non-spoilery thoughts so far? Okay, well, I can tell you exactly where I am without spoiling anything. Okay. Uh, the radio has been repaired. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm going to guess... Five to eight hours in, six mm-hmm. to eight hours in, potentially. Uh, what are my thoughts so far? Well, this is my first experience with The Last of Us, t- technically. Uh, um, I, I know we've talked about this before, but just to get it out in the open, um, I, I never played The Last of Us. I watched uh, Now Under Fire FPE a channel for being a very apparently racist and not <laughs> welcoming to their employees. Uh, used to do teens react and they did a series where it was like five individual teens react to a playthrough of the last of us. And they did it over, I don't know, weeks, 15 weeks, mm-hmm. maybe an hour, an episode. So I watched um, that whole playthrough. So I'm very familiar with the story, right. uh, but um, I tried to play, the Last of Us remastered uh, uh, this year, and mm-hmm. it's just it. It's a game that I I love that Donnie keeps playing it. I love that mm-hmm. people keep replaying it. For me, my first experience with it, it's just too slow and too old. <laughs> if, I <laughs> okay. guess that's like the most generic. It's probably the reason why I don't go back and play Uncharted One. The same reason why I wouldn't want to go play the last of us uh it just doesn't uh, so, feel good as someone who just replayed uh, uncharted one and uncharted two uh the jump from one to two is insane <laughs> yeah it just doesn't feel good to me um but i gave it a shot i really wanted to play through it on my own to have you know a better connection because i you yeah. know i really did did plan on playing this because well i mean we game share and, and you bought this months ago so i, I knew it was coming uh, uh and honestly uh, and I still don't have the answer to this question yet, and I'm waiting for someone to post a side-to-side video. But I'm really waiting to see a side-to-side from the E3 gameplay trailer and this game. <laughs> However, <laughs> we'll get to that when it gets posted on the internet. They, uh, I, Digital Foundry has done an analysis. Did they? I'll have to look it up. Okay. Yeah. Um, that being said, um, I don't necessarily think they were like misleading us with the trailer. Um, I think... My thoughts so far. Oh boy, I don't want. I can't spoil anything, so right. I will say. I actually, I've been posting pictures on on Twitter, and I've been intentionally trying to not post spoilers. Yep. There was one uh, picture I had to post, um, and I don't think it's spoilers, but it definitely showed two characters, which we know, um, uh, Shannon Woodward and um, Ashley Johnson's characters are together. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I really feel I I can't I could probably pull it up, but I'm not going to. I can probably paraphrase. 
my tweet to them was basically just like I don't I don't know how you can like this this chemistry is so well done. Right. Um I really think before this game this is like uncharted plus for me. Like mm-hmm. I I love uncharted and I love all all four uncharted um games and I love the story because it tells a cohesive, like a long cohesive story, and you can follow it wherever you go. And go, it's what is it? It's June twenty first. I got fireworks going off still. Uh, it tells a long cohesive story, and it's engaging. and And Uncharted for me was like the best example of that in games mm-hmm. because there's been so many, and it's been so consistent. The Last of Us Two plays to me like an Uncharted game, um, control-wise and stuff. Obviously, it adds more to it, mm-hmm. um, but I'm really invested in this story mm-hmm. uh, because it's told so well. Right. Um, it's filmmaking, like film quality storytelling. Right. And. The game does a great job at putting you in positions where you're either currently uncomfortable or you know you're about to be uncomfortable. Right. And you know there's nothing you can do to stop what's coming. Right. Which also makes you terrified. <laughs> so <laughs> um I really I'm really enjoying that aspect. I'm also enjoying the amount it's it's still very linear but they like horizon they give you this which i didn't expect from this game they give you this like feeling of you could go anywhere yeah um and while me the guy likes to look around every corner and find things Mm -hmm. and search for things um i i love and hate it at the same time uh and, and while i wouldn't say this is a scary game they're and I'm only a few hours in. I've already encountered uh, at a museum, is what I'll say, for no spoilers, a very scary, intense part of the game where I was legitimately more scared than when I was playing Alien Isolation (laughs) because I did not know what was going to happen. Like, I knew what was going to happen. Like, I knew what wasn't going to happen. Right. But I knew... Like that, I didn't like. There was so much uncertainty, and it what to me it said was, um, I have so much more investment in these characters than I think I have, right? Because I was like genuinely scared for mm-hmm. this character, um, and I can also appreciate how much more intense this game can be for people who have played the first one thoroughly, right? having not played it i can yeah i can only imagine what it like even the first four hours of the game what that must have been like for for people who know these characters yeah more than i do (laughs) yeah so i'm a little further than you i am i'm gonna guess 15 hours in right now so obviously i i know what your statement means I'm not going to indicate in any way where I am just because I don't want to spoil anything for you coming up. Good. (laughs) Here's what I will say, though, about my experience with the game. This, to me, and I'm going to try not to be hyperbolic about it. 
Can I ask you a question before you go on? Yeah, absolutely. Are you so mad that she is gay that you would go or give it a zero? No, okay, absolutely good. not. <laughs> absolutely not. So last, oh, just a couple months ago, I talked about how I thought Final Fantasy VII Remake was probably the most quote-unquote produced video game I'd ever played. That title has been taken and destroyed yeah. by this game. <laughs> and whether or not you like the game or like the story in the game, I think it's very hard to not at least look at and respect what they have created. Yeah. The world, the character, the way the characters interact, the subtlety of facial expressions that they are characters are even. I think we're really getting to the point where characters are able to express their emotions in a way that doesn't look cheesy or corny purely through their facial animations. They don't have to come out and say the words, and you can just look at the character and know exactly what they're thinking or feeling based off the way they their face looks. And I, I don't know that we have really been to that place much before. And like you said, Josh, the chemistry between the actors in this game is pretty impressive i i don't know i definitely don't know that i've played a video game where i get as lost in the storytelling as i am in this game i have picked up every single note i can find and read every single thing i can find and i am living to get to the next quiet moment where characters are going to talk to each other that is what I want more than anything. It reminds me of uh, Far Cry 5 where, not comparing the two games, but at least the um, <clears throat> the things you pick up because there's actually, I'm so mad at these fireworks. There's actually <laughs> uh, details in every note. Well, not every note, but there's details and notes that um, are imperative to um, moving forward in the game. Yep. But there's also details in certain notes just to get side stuff. That you yeah. might stumble upon, like I found myself upon a lock, like a safe or two, where like in normal games, they're like, oh, I can't get in. And this one, it's like, enter code. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I should go into my notes. I probably have this somewhere, but it doesn't tell right. you where. So you got to go through like dozens of notes to try to guess like where maybe it was if it was like right where you are or if it was mm -hmm. further back in the game like um i also like that uh your companion is very smart yes uh unlike every other freaking game i've ever played in my life <laughs> uh there's points this isn't spoilers i don't think there's points in the game where there are tripwires and my wife was watching me play and i'm like how do i get through this without my companion walking right through these right. and they just figure it out Don't. yeah um and i also know like uh, this is a little bit of a cheat that the game gives you but like i know when there's no more people around because my ai stands up <laughs> but it's nice yeah. because i can feel a little bit rested so I they know. did a really good job at least at that as well yeah so overall i'm really enjoying this game I understand, I will say, some of the frustrations people might have with decisions some characters make. And that's all I'll say about okay. that. Okay. I, I get it. I don't know that I'm on the I don't agree I, I don't know that I agree necessarily, but I understand. And who knows? Like I I'm apparently about to hit a point from a time perspective that I've 
seeing people mention that oh i'm this far in and and things change i I, i'm kind of close ish to that point i think but overall what i'm gonna say though is every time every single time i get to a place where there's whatever they are it doesn't matter who they are where there are things i have to do to other to enemies i get really stressed out because this game is the master of you're searching every nook and cranny and you're like yay bullets nope bullet you get one darn it okay bullet yeah, you get two bullets from go. killing somebody <laughs> yeah here we go and they do a really i think in some ways masterful job of making enemy encounters feel like they always come down to a, roughly your last resource and encouraging you to use multiple resources but also giving you the option of you can just sneak through if you can and that's fine or you can just run if you really really want to so i have killed more dogs than i wanted i don't think that's a huge spoiler that has been a thing that's been i, I was very sad about that i it was very frustrating gave my dog extra scratches uh but overall i'm enjoying the experience i kind of want it to be done because i'm really stressed out playing this game judge like, I have to take breaks, because, and I don't know, and maybe I haven't gotten to it, is this game gruesome and heavy and all of the things that people have said? It is. It's not, and maybe I was expecting it to be so much more because of that, that I'm not as off-put by that right now, but I will say there are some moments of absolute beauty in this game. The, there's one moment that you the one specifically moment that you had tweeted out about that yeah. we're not going to spoil and i want people to find on their own <laughs> yeah that i was that might be one of my favorite moments in the game ever it was amazing it's that's such a great dynamic i want i guess i won't say what was going on but like the yeah the dynamic between those two characters i think it's one of those moments where you can tell they clearly mo-capped everything together and i know you yep. can kind of see that in like the behind the scenes stuff um, or if you like follow Shannon Woodward or Ashley Johnson on Twitter, they, they basically just share like behind the scenes photos of them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, I, I don't know that we've seen that in video games before and it comes across like so astoundingly well through the controller that you really feel that you're participating in this weird thing that's happening. I know. <laughs> and uh, it's really interesting uh, because I didn't expect to necessarily like this game. Not because I didn't think it was a good game, but just because I didn't get into the first one. Right. And that it, it just like, you know, there's games out there that we just don't get into that yeah, aren't for us. And uh, I just, I'm just really taken in with like the story is really driving me through like the combat is good okay like i don't hate the mm-hmm. combat i don't know that it's groundbreaking or astounding in any level i think we've seen the combat before i will say i do like when you're at like a tool station like the world yeah. doesn't stop like right. i've been like trying to craft my gun many times and then like hear that like a patrol is coming through or something and that makes you feel less comfortable you can't necessarily just pause the game i think i mean you technically can but you can't do things in game and pause things around you so you Mm -hmm. can't craft things and have the game pause so it gives you this like sense of urgency or sense of need to like preparedness like you need to be ready um so anytime like 
I'm about to walk into like uh, an abandoned coffee shop or yeah, uh, like a dog food store. Like I'm ready. <laughs> there might not be anything in there, but I'm ready. Absolutely. Uh, and I like that the game makes you feel like you need to be ready. Like it reminds me of the Division Two, where like you just need to be ready for anything around any corner you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, I I really enjoy. I think where the game stands on its own is um, adding prone and all the prone encounters. Yep. Um, the smart, not just your AI, but the smart AI in general. Oh my gosh! The number of times I've gotten legitimately flanked by people, and they say it, they're like flank them, and you're like, and then nah, you're, they're not going to do it. <laughs> and then they come up like the back stairwell, and you're like, what yeah. are you doing here? Yeah, it's genuine. It's yeah, it's like legitimately they really worked on on the AI mechanics for this game. Um, yeah, and I, I I'm really looking forward to. It. I don't know how much time I'm going to have just because like I'm on vacation. This coming week, but all that means to me is I'm just back in pandemic mode. Like, right. still a full time dad, still no time to myself. So I don't know how much time I'm gonna get, but um, I'm gonna do my best to get get plenty more hours in this week um, because I I can't wait to get back to it. Yeah, I think this is one of the most well realized worlds in a video game I think I've seen. Every, there's so much detail to everything to even the places that are passing fan when you there are obviously it's a, it's a naughty dog game so there are parts where you are just running your your tail off right yeah and they, and they every, make you feel like you have to do that <laughs> right but everything you were running by i want to stop and look at and read the thing and I, yeah. you can't you just got to keep going and, and I, I just think about how much time it took to make that desk and <laughs> all the stuff on the desk yeah. and all and all that as you are just running by it and you see it for less than a second. Yep. But yeah. how much effort had to go into that dumb desk. And yeah. So overall, having a positive experience definitely can understand or appreciate if people aren't digging it, but I I really do think at least from a character's perspective, a world perspective, uh this game is something I think special. Uh, I'm definitely interested to see where the story goes from here. Uh, I had my first moment of mm, about something, and so <laughs> that's why I'm very interested to see what, what well, happens. Well, describe next. that emotion. I heard the noise. <laughs> yeah, I, I, very much so. Where I was not happy I, with the decision. I was not happy with the decision. Okay. I, was, I said no, don't do that, ah. and then that got done. Okay. And part of me thought it probably was going to, but I, I kind of didn't want it to. So, and not that I think it's out of context for the character or sure. anything like that. Just I was hoping they'd make a different decision. Well, Kyle, so. I've, I've already had like five moments like that. And I'm not even <laughs> as far as you where I'm like, whoa, they went there already. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so cool. Uh, anything else you want to say about The Last of Us Part Two? Hey, uh, yeah, I guess I would say if people are listening and they're on the fence uh, or even haven't played the first one, y- th- that's where I was. Uh, I, I I legitimately think that this is a game that needs to be played. Um, it's It tells an, um, an, a tough story, but also, I think, an important story. And the gameplay is top-notch. Like, you're not going to get a better third i guess third person shooter action adventure game out of this than what's out and 
you you don't have to have played the first one to play this one. Uh, honestly, you could probably just YouTube uh, the Last <laughs> of Us story recap and yeah. and even even with the story recap, I think you could still get invested um, in this game. But I would say, like having watched that the playthroughs. Uh, even if you want to look up the uh, FBE, the Fine Brothers uh, playthroughs where the teens play through, you're going to get like pretty much all the main story beats and actually legitimate reactions from people, which I think mm-hmm. is more important. Um, you know, it doesn't let up on that. You really still feel all these emotional attachments to these to these characters. Um, kind of like, no, I don't want to compare it to anything else because it's on its own. Um, I give it a shot. That's what I would say. Give it a chance. Uh, so far, it's amazing, and I can't. I can't wait to see. Honestly, I think if it, it if it challenges me like morally or even comfortably, I think that makes it better because yep. we need that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so that's all of our talk on the Last of Us Part Two. I know PSVG is likely going to be doing some spoiler oh, yeah. casts and all that good <laughs> stuff. Uh, I think the first one actually might even be out by the time this podcast posts. So, yeah, check that stuff out. We'll have much more in The Last of Us Part 2 all over the PSVG network in the next week or two. So just kind of be on the lookout for that. We incorporated our listener questions into our topics this week. So, as always, if you do have any other listener questions, you can reach out, reach out to us at Board with VG at Gmail or Board with VG on Twitter. With that, we're going to wrap up the show <laughs> by giving you our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one recommendation, suggestion, or thing we're currently into that's helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation for our dear listeners? So speaking of things that make you uncomfortable, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I finally uh, got around to the sophomore release by Ari Aster. Uh, we call Midsomar, Midsummer, Midsummer. Uh, you can call it what, what you want. Uh, actually, they do name it in the movie. And I think that's the one thing that hasn't translated to anyone else talking about it. Is even though they say what it's called, no one remembers <laughs> what it's called. <laughs> because the movie does not focus on that. Um, this is a film, I think... Doesn't having the horror movie moniker doesn't do it any favors. I don't right. necessarily think this is a horror movie. Uh, there are definitely things that happen in it that are horrific, um, but really, I think it's more of like a thriller, psychological thriller, or suspense thriller. Uh, just like Ari Aster's first movie, uh, Hereditary, um, except it's not like Hereditary. Hereditary was a uh, movie told in three acts, which I think I talked about on the podcast before, is basically three different movies. Right. Midsummer is one clear, concise vision of a film, and it doesn't veer from that. Like the film is one story. To uh, not spoil anything that happens, <laughs> I will say it is about a girl, Florence Pugh. Pugue, Pugue, I don't know how to say her last name, but she's an incredible actress, by the way. Uh, she's also Little Women. Woo woo! Little Women. <clears throat> she plays Scarlett Johansson's sister in the Black Widow movie coming out. Yep. Um, she um, has an experience in her life. She needs to escape. She goes with her boyfriend 
to his friend's commune in Sweden. And things happen. <laughs> uh, they they celebrate uh, Midsommar, uh, which is their custom. It happens every... I, I tried to explain to my dad today. It's either nine years or ninety years, and there's nothing. In, it's not nothing in between. I just forget. <laughs> I just forget the amount of years. Um, but nine, the nine is important in that. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, things kind of go nuts ish. Um, I would say for me, with a horror background, I don't think I found anything shocking in this film like you're not gonna watch this movie um no i shouldn't say you i i wasn't i didn't watch this movie and find anything like totally grotesque or horrific i i thought it to be more suspenseful and interesting um but it, it it tells a very clear vision of a story and it does it very well um it's on amazon prime which is how i watched it uh if you have amazon prime it's free for you uh, uh, it was excellent, and as I tweeted, it's like an ogre because it has layers, but it's like a thousand ogres. I would a, thousand, say. a thousand ogres is a lot it's of got, ogres. It's got a lot of layers. <laughs> That's a lot. Uh, of, yeah, wow. There's a lot going on, and if you enjoyed it like I did, you will probably agree that one viewing is not enough viewings uh, of this. And I will call it a film because we definitely... Uh, have adopted Lucas's idea of what is a film and what is a movie. This is definitely a film, not a movie. Yeah, I have not watched this movie yet. So, excuse me, I have not watched this film yet. <laughs> I really want to, but I have gotten become. I, I think for me, the horror, the whole horror thriller thing, is what turned turned me off to it because I just am not into those movies anymore. I used to be. I just I can't watch them There's anymore. There's only probably two scenes that might make you like uncomfortable and comfortable. Okay. I think you should watch this before next week's episode. <laughs> okay. I you know what, Josh? <laughs> I will do that. And if you want to give me an assignment, I will I will happily take it on if you watch. I'll this. have to think about it. Have you seen <laughs> Knives Out already? Oh yeah, I love them. Okay, because I, 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 that's on Amazon Prime now too. So if you haven't seen, I saw that, yeah. people, you, you should totally do that. All right, so that's Josh's recommendation: Midsummer, Midsummer, Midsummer. <laughs> Check that out. Yeah, yeah, all those. <laughs> yeah. So my recommendation: this is more of a, this isn't the kind of best of thing. This is like popcorn, just so, something that is sometimes really fun to watch and really, but it's not necessarily gonna win any awards for what it is. And that is The Blacklist, which you can watch on Netflix. I am someone who, back in the day, really loved procedural crime shows. And I know there are others I should probably watch, but I have a friend who's a big fan of The Blacklist, and they encouraged me to watch it. So I started it. I am now on episode 20 of season two. And there's six or seven seasons, so there's a lot of this show. It's, but I will wait, say... It's an hour-long procedural, and there's 20 episodes or more in one season? Yeah. Wow. Because it was, it was on regular TV. So I think yeah. the first season is like 26 episodes. That's a lot of episodes yeah, for it's an hour. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> well, and I mean, so it shakes out to 40 minutes on Netflix, but still. So here's what I'll say. This James show, Spader. <laughs> James Spader is amazing in this show. He plays Raymond Reddington. And that is all I'll say. But he his depiction of this character is what makes this show great. Yeah. He is absolutely amazing in his role 
and he's a character that every I want him to be in every scene because he steals every single scene he is in. He is so good. So good. And everything that happens in the show is ridiculous. Every like if the people who's and I don't like I said I'm not gonna spoil anything for it, but you know, crypto FBI people solving crime stuff. But if every FBI agent's job was as dramatic as these people's jobs are, my goodness, because you can't, you don't go more than an episode without someone being in a car crash or getting shot or, I mean, every horrible thing you can imagine happening to people happens almost every single episode. It is that peak of, we're just going to say, why not? We'll just do it. Yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, and. And things just keep happening. And... So part of it is just completely unrealistic in the way that it makes it hard to even immerse yourself in the show sometimes. But James Spader is so good. He's just so fun to watch in this show that I can't stop watching it. So I'm really <laughs> liking The Blacklist on Netflix. Uh, like I said, I don't think it's going to win any awards. I don't think this is going to be high television, if you would. But uh, it's a lot of fun. So have you watched Blacklist? No, but it's always been a show I was interested in. Um I just, I just never <clears throat> got into it, but um, I love James Spader. I really think he's an excellent actor. Um, but I'm glad it's on Netflix because I, I, I probably will watch it at some point. But I'm too busy watching The Floor Is Lava, so I can't watch. Uh, oh the Blacklist. my gosh! <laughs> my partner was like, "What is your recommendation tonight going to be?" I'm like, "Well, I'm going to talk about The Blacklist." She's like, "It would be The Floor Is Lava if you would have watched it with me." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." Sorry. So yeah. I will have to watch The Floor is Lava, but... Uh, oh, I can tell you, also, don't watch Don't. Don't watch Don't. The show Ryan Reynolds produced oh, with Adam Scott as host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is terrible. <laughs> okay, good to know. It is. Yeah, Adam Scott looks in, incredibly uncomfortable hosting it. I should probably give it a second episode. Maybe he gets into his stride. But it is a very, a very uncomfortable watch. <laughs> okay, good to know. Awesome. Well, that's our recommendations. Midsummer from Josh, the blacklist from me. That is all for our show. Josh, let's wrap this up. Let's do it. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. Uh, so feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. And also... Thank you for the people who have given us five-star ratings on iTunes and Facebook and other places. Uh, also, if you want to communicate in a more long form or you're just not feeling social media, feeling social media, yeah, or feeling social on social media, please feel free to send us an email at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. Uh, we tag our stuff with hashtag board with Fiji when we remember to. So please also try to remember to use the hashtag as well so we can search that and see what you're up to. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone board with video games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Steam at Why So Serious. That's S I R R I U S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me at all the usual places Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C Y C O C R O S S. 
As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.